All righty. Welcome. This is the first episode of the podcast called No Longer Sleeping Giants. I'm stoked about this. I'm a weirdy. I'll admit it. Anybody who knows me knows that I am. I'm just a nerd about history, about life, about, you know, trying to do the right thing, even though I plenty of times don't. Anyway, so this podcast is directed specifically toward the men of the church. And when I say the men of the church, I'm talking the elders of Israel, those that are should be leading our church right now. Now, there are awesome, plenty of awesome people right now, men that are leading in the church right now, and I admire them for that. Please keep doing what you're doing. What I, what I really hope is that this show can serve as a, a push for all of us to stand up, to stand higher than we ever have before, and to take on the real responsibility of what it means to be a man and a priesthood holder in this church of Jesus Christ. So to put it, if you were to say the mission statement of this show, it is to inspire all the elders of Israel to wake up, put on the armor of God and fight, fight for your families, fight for freedom and fight for truth. <laughs> that sounds maybe a little bit violent. I'm not talking about being, uh, uh, who was that? Um, the riots that happened with, uh, Donald Trump where he's like, go to the Capitol and fight like heck. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. <laughs> not that kind of fighting, but the fight that we have right now is more meaningful and it is in a way harder than physical fighting. And the reason is, is because right now we're not in the, a war of, of words, or should I say, we are in a war of words. We're not in a war of, of an actual battle. We're in a war of opinions and a war of things of a mental battle and a spiritual battle, an emotional battle. And we, these, we, as these men of Israel, we're sleeping we're giants, but we're sleeping. And I'm calling myself out here too. I'm not just saying you guys are all wussies. <laughs> I'm saying it for myself too. I am trying. I'm getting out of this rut of sleeping. Now, what do I mean when I say put on the armor of God? Most of us have heard that scripture in Ephesians where you we have the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit or the word of God, the breastplate of righteousness loins girt about with truth and the feet shod with preparation of the gospel. I want to dig into this a little bit. If we, as the men of Israel, the priesthood holders that are supposed to be holding the line of defense against our families and everything else that's happening, what does the shield of faith mean to you? I love how in the scripture, it actually mentions the uh, fiery darts. Um, let's see here if we can read it. Um, see, it says in Ephesians six eleven, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to, first of all, let you know that there are secret combinations happening right now. I do not care who you are. I don't care what you believe. They are happening. And the more we ignore it, the more power we give them. Moroni and and other prophets were very clear that there would be the worst secret combinations happening in our world right now. So if you don't think there are, you have your head in the sand. And I say, pull it out. Because you got work to do. And we cannot expect to to live our life pursuing just an income and all these lame things. Not that that's bad. You know know what I'm saying though? Like pursuing just mediocrity. We cannot expect to do that and just live a life and also be expected to fight for the kingdom. We cannot live live both. So, So we're going on a little bit. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. What does that mean? So the way that I see this, I'm not saying I'm the scriptorian, but truth is powerful and it will, truth will set you free. What I see this, when he says, have your loins girt about a girdle is something you put around your waist. What I see this, I used to do construction and I see this as a tool belt, things that you have on the, just on the dime of something like if you need a, if you need a certain type of screwdriver, bam, it's out certain type of screws, bam, it's out. It's just like right there in your, within arm's reach. You don't have to get down off your workbench to grab it, right? You have, you, you have it within arm's reach. So that means do we as elders of Israel, do we really, do we have these truths of the gospel within arm's reach? Or in, in, in better phrasing, do we have it within our mind's reach? Can we go to a scripture and pull it out and say, that's fault because of this scripture? Or if somebody says something against to us, that we can say that. Can we, heck, in watching a movie that has uh, lies in it, can we say, oh, nope, that is false because of this principle that was taught by this person, right? Do we have those tools? I submit that we do not. I know I don't, I have a few, but man, you can't do like, if you think of construction, you can't, you know, you can only do so many things with a hammer, right? You can't screw a screw in with a hammer or any like, or even with certain, you know, if you have a drill, if you don't have certain, all the different kinds of bits, you're going to be, you're going to be kind of just very ineffective. Okay. There's nothing more frustrating than being on a construction site without the right tools. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It drives you nuts. So having the right tools is critical. And the more you have it ready, the more effective you can be, the more, and the more quick you can be at at installation of whatever you're doing. I did cabinets. And so me, it was like, if I had to, even just the time to get down the energy, to get down off of my stand, to go down into my pouch, to get a different drill was just a pain. But if I had it right there, it was like, boom, 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 boom. I could whip out cabinets like nobody's business. Okay. Okay. So when he says having your loins girt about with truth, and to me, that means memorization. You have to have these memor- these things memorized and ready at the drop of a dime or hat or whatever you say <laughs> to, to, with, to combat these, these, these falsities, falsehoods. Now, the next one says, and your feet shot in the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
I see that, as, again, these are my interpretations, take them or leave them, but hopefully they have some merit. I also used to do door-to-door sales and having the wrong shoes is terrible. And it doesn't just mess with your feet. It messes with all sorts of other stuff. Um, I, what I used to do is just buy the cheap $10 pair of, of shoes from Walmart and they'd get me through a season or whatever of knocking doors. Right. And what a terrible idea that was. Yeah, they were 10 bucks, but shoot, they not only hurt my feet, but my back started having issues because they didn't have the support that I needed. And I'd be at the end of the day, I'd just be like cracking my back all over the place, you know, just be like feeling fatigued. And then I bought some ultras, any runners out there knows what ultras are. And oh my goodness, best shoe ever. I'm not or ultra is not my sponsor, but man, I will vouch for their shoes any day, or at least the ones I bought the, the, the thickest kinds of thick with the thickest sole. <laughs> Anyways, those are critical having the right shoes to run. And this also brings me to the scripture. I think it's Isaiah shoot. What is it? Isaiah 30. See again, see, right. I don't have these on my tool belt. All right. I'm, I'm getting them though. Um, it's in Isaiah 31. I want to say 31. Hold on. I have it written down in my, on my notes in my phone, Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. I got the 31, right? Isaiah it says, even the youth shall fa- faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And this is the key part. It says, and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. So when he talks about Paul having your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, to me, that means running in the service of God, just sprinting, giving it your all and then walking and not fainting means walking upright before the Lord, having confidence in, in who you are in spirit, having your conscience clear, being able to stand and walk uprightly before the Lord. I guess with this, I missed having on the breastplate of righteousness in selling door to door. My mentor, he would say, that the most critical thing with success in selling door to door is to not take a core shot. Now, what does that mean? So think of your core of what a breastplate would cover, right? From your waist up to your shoulders. There's where all your vitals are. You can get stabbed or shot with an arrow in other places. And it's not necessarily lethal. I mean, except for the head, that's probably, that's probably more, that's probably, that's, that's not a core shot. That's a death shot. Right. Anyways. So that's where all your vitals and organs are. If you get stabbed there or shot there, you're going to, it's, it's really, really hard to recover from. And a lot of things have to align properly. So in selling door to door, he would say, do not take a core shot. What that means is do not, you can't tell yourself you're going to do one thing and then do the next. So for, for us, it would mean, after our meeting in the morning, our correlation, we go right out to our area. We don't go stop at the apartment, go take a, you know, go get a drink and go use the restroom or whatever. We are ready to go. And we go straight to the area after that. And it also means to not quit the day early. So let's say, oh, I got two sales already and it's five o'clock. 
No, he said, no, you walk, you work until dark. And that became the rule. That became the norm. You were, you leave when you're, you leave right after correlation and you don't come home till dark. Anything different than that is a core shot. Doesn't matter if it's raining, doesn't matter if it's snowing, doesn't matter if, you know, you're having a rough day and you just need a break, you know, quit being a wussy and don't take a core shot because that core shot doesn't just hurt. It's not just a bad decision once. What it does is it takes for every, it's such a hard job that for every one step you make going forward, that core shot takes you 10 back. It's exponential in its, in its power to disable you. And he would constantly relate this, this analogy of armor. One time I even asked him, I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I was knocking with my brother and we were in uh, North Carolina and across the country. And we're like, and I was like, Hey, he's got school that starts because he wasn't quite out of high school yet. I was like, he's got school that starts, you know, in September on September 1st. And we or like August 30th or whatever. And we hadn't been planned to be done until August, September 2nd. So it was like only two or three days. I was like, Hey, should we go home early for the season? You know, just a couple of days, not a big deal. You know, I tried to talk him, talk him into my way of thinking. He said, well, so you can do that. And it wouldn't necessarily be a core shot because you put in a lot of work already, but he said, but it's still a chink in your armor. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And that's, that's what got me. Plus he said, plus you're going to make this much more if you stay the next couple of days. And I was like, all right, <laughs> good enough argument. So, but all I can say, men, brethren is please do whatever you can your word is your worth. If you, anytime that you say something and that does not happen, if it's in your control, that's another thing is you need to control what you can control. If you say something, do it. You can't, you do not have the luxury of going back on your word. We'll go into that a little bit more later. There's a lot I learned from, from cell and pest control. So the shield of faith, he said, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I find this interesting. It says not that it doesn't say the adversary. It says the wicked. This to me says, it's not Satan is he's not the only one that's, that's flinging darts at you. And to me, darts, like you think of darts, oh, how bad can a dart be? He means arrows like things that cause death and they're fiery, no less. <laughs> so this shield of faith, this doesn't mean a shield of knowledge. It's a shield of faith. Faith means that you don't actually even know you're kind of wondering, you're going, shoot, I hope this works out. Talk about man, every day, every single day selling pest control, it was faith. You don't know if you're going to get a sale. Even when you, even when you reach high, high levels of selling, you're still wondering, like you kind of just have to tell yourself in the, like shut yourself up going, no, 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 don't worry about it. Sales will come. That's what I'm saying is you have to have the same attitude with God is tell yourself if you're wondering, if you're doubting, if you're having issues with, with believing, tell yourself, no, no, no answers will come. He is there. Sometimes he just lets us go through the struggle of figuring it out. Don't leave because you're having doubts. You're not the only one 
All of us do. Anybody who has spent any time in the church has had doubts, and especially the veterans. I have doubts. I have questions, but I'm not jumping. I'm not throwing away my shield. So just have faith, brothers. Just have faith. Realize that it doesn't matter. Answers will come. Whether now, whether in the future, whether after we pass on, answers will come. And we will be rewarded for that faith. And if you're struggling and you feel like you can't, find somebody who has that faith and go with them, go stand by them, and they will help to block you. I promise. Verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation. Let's relate this to snowboarding. I will never ski or snowboard without a helmet. I'll go on bike rides without a helmet because I did that as a kid. (laughs) So it's just a bad habit, but I will never ski or snowboard without a helmet. I was skiing down with my friend, my cousin. I was shoot 15. I couldn't even drive yet, but I was skiing down, went off this jump and don't even remember landing. I don't remember what happened. All I know, I, I can just assume I caught my back edge at the bottom of the jump on a snowboard and just whacked my head. It just flung me down and I woke up and I thought, wow. And I just said, and I heard this, I heard this kid yelling at me from the top of the hill. He wanted to go off the jump too. And he saw that I didn't, that I hadn't, you know, that crash and stuff. And he's like, Hey, Hey. And I'm like, and I just yelled up, how long have I been out? And he's like, about five minutes. And I just like, what? And I could not remember a thing. Anybody who's gone through this, it's scary. I like, I racked my brain and I was like, okay, I remember, actually, I remembered a few things, not, not a thing, but I was like, okay, I couldn't, I could remember my friends. I remember I was snowboarding with my friend, my cousin. I remember, I didn't remember what I had to, what I had for breakfast that morning. I could remember my family, my brothers and sisters names and a few other like key things that I had, you know, my, my, I think my phone number, I can remember like my home phone number, <laughs> little things like that. But, but because of that, and I had a helmet, I had a helmet and I still got a concussion. So that's why I will never do anything like that without. So, um, relate that to doing anything in life without a helmet in the gospel. You will have times, whether it's your fault or not, or whether you think it's coming or not, especially when you don't think it's coming, you will have times where you will fall and you will crack your noggin. And if you don't have that helmet, you will be wiped out maybe forever. You'll be a vegetable when it comes to the gospel. (laughs) So, and then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. I guess I didn't even go over the, the sword of the spirit. Oh yeah, the best one. Man, you have to know the word. It says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If we do not know the word of God, we have no chance. If we are not constantly immersed in the word of God, we have no chance standing up to Satan. He knows it better than us. You ever thought about that? He knows the word better than we do. So you got to get at least to his level in order to have stand any sort of chance. You may be listening to and thinking, man, this guy is sure on one and thinks he is very uh, with it when it comes to the gospel. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm an average Joe. My dad's name's Joe. 
I, I'm sharing this because I need to, and because it helps keep me accountable for who I need to become. And I just see too many men in the church that are sleeping giants. They have potential. They have this power, this power in the priesthood and power of who they are, but it is getting squashed. They are being put to sleep by their career, by their Netflix, by their addictions, any of these things. If they are keeping you asleep, put them away. Wake up. Let's study the word. Put on the armor of God and fight. Fight for freedom. Fight for your families and fight for truth. I wish I could be more fun <laughs> with all this. I'm just, I'm, I'm a serious person, but anyways. Okay, so I think I've said all I need to say right now. Just, man, let's choose to awaken and be who we were born to be. As Captain Moroni shared, in memory of our God, our religion, our freedom, our peace, our wives, and our children. Let us make that our mantra. And let us stand up against all the powers right now that are happening. You don't think that there are powers right now. Until you stand up, then you will see them rear their ugly head. I promise you. But if we stand together, then we can actually make a difference. Let's do this.